My guest today, Patrick's going to join us, a uh, retired uh, Marine pilot and also a uh, financial planner. And he's really here to talk about uh, really the career transition and how it interacts with your financial transition, right? How to make that step out of the military, what the differences are, what some of the uniquenesses are uh, about uh, veterans and about uh, the military and the opportunities you have, and then how to parlay that off into the next step to, to kind of ride that horse into the sunset and that retirement picture, um, and, and how to basically identify the skills, identify um, your goals, and really identify your end state backwards plan off of that. So uh, it's going to be a great episode with him today. I want to take a moment as well to uh, you know, have you listeners go on to Apple Podcasts if you're listening there, rate and review me, please. And then also share this uh, podcast with, with other folks that are veterans or within the military or going through the military transition because uh, we need to get this down to uh, the levels of the, the people who are still four, five, six years out uh, so they can make a difference and, and smooth that military transition out. Um, so, so please share that. Um, and you can also go on www.anchor.fm you can leave me a voice message that i can incorporate uh into uh future episodes as well and you can also go on www.viewfromtheskies.weebly.com leave your feedback there check out the blog and vlog and, and all the other associated links there so uh without further ado here we go Play up, play up, play up, high ho, lock and load. Hi, Pat. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking your time uh, to kind of share your knowledge and experience uh, throughout the, the military transition and in the financial world and, and really give some insights to, uh, you know, the focus on, on retirees separating from the military and kind of starting the next journey of their life. So thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, my pleasure, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. So uh, uh, t- tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for the listeners out there and kind of walk us uh, backwards from, from who you are to uh, you know where you started and where you're at today. Sure, Ryan. Uh, so my name is Patrick Weiner, and I uh, am a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, so I was in for about 20 years, and a couple of years ago I retired. But uh, during the time that I was in the service – uh, so I'm a, originally a, uh, a pilot by trade. Uh, that was my under MOS. Um, but the Marine Corps, over a period of time, as I uh, as I went through my career, uh, I ended up really helping a lot of Marines with their financial problems. Right. So, as you know, Ryan, you know, you know, in the uh, military, you know, 10% of your people take 90% of your time, and and I think most most leaders that come out of the military know that, and that's one of the I guess, competitive advantages they have going into the civilian workforce is they understand that principle already. And uh, what I ended up doing was really kind of becoming a financial advisor de facto. It was like, wasn't something that was intended. Um, business and, and uh, investing has been an interest of mine since I was very young. But my job uh, didn't necessarily prepare me for that. And I learned it kind of on the job. Uh, so you fast forward a few years and I built enough credibility with my chain of command that they asked me to manage the Marine Corps budget. 
And so I ended up doing that for a few years. Uh, and what I wanted to do was kind of take the success that I had there uh, to individuals, to organizations, to small businesses, uh, and particularly to veterans, because I, I kind of understand their situation. And that's why when I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I started a business uh, that is really focused on uh, veterans, particularly on their personal finances, because it's unique for us, as well as that transition, uh, because the transition is also unique. And I, I really wanted to bring all the success that I had experienced in my career, you know, to those individuals uh, and help them as best I can. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, well said, and I appreciate that, Pat. And, and we're going to highlight, uh, you know, some of that uniqueness, both in, in the financial world and uh, in the transition world uh, as service members shift career. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I wanted to, to say thank you and I wanted to highlight, right, the, the, the fact that you kind of built a niche and I love the fact that you said you did it unintentionally. It was just a side interest. And I, I think that's a great lesson learned as we transition first into th this career transition portion, right, is that uh, you, you have to take something you're good at uh, and then particularly something you're interested in, uh, which, which usually motivates you to be better or good at it or, or gain that niche and gain that knowledge and really kind of move forward from there. So here you are as a, as a pilot, um, which is everybody's like, oh, why isn't this guy still out flying? I mean, that's the cool thing to do or whatever. <laughs> and and right, instead, right. In, instead, you're working on the side on the time, kind of building your financial uh, acumen, if you will, and then and then training and coaching other people to the point where it gets noticed and, and that senior leaders ask you to kind of run a budget for them. So I, I think that's a great story. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of us in the military can look forward because you know what, there's no infantry infantryman position in the civilian world. You know, there's a, a lot right. of our job right. titles and positions don't necessarily correlate, but, but there's a plenty of what we do on a day to day uh, to, to correlate. Right. So a lot of people will, I think go to after like training and development because they love teaching and coaching people or um, you know, some of the other aspects. So, so hone in on, on one of those things that captures captures your your identity and who you are and and you know for the listeners out there who are still in keep going after that you know like go after that niche work it on the side figure out how to make yourself better absolutely yep and and, and that's an important point you bring up to ryan is figuring out what it is that you want to do right because a lot of the the seminars that they've set up for transitioning service members, they don't necessarily help the service member figure out what they want to do, right? They'll, they'll take them through the process of, hey, this is how you, you write a good resume, and this is how you sit through an interview, uh, and this is how your skills translate. But the skills aren't necessarily what that individual wants to do. Uh, and so helping them kind of focus I think is another thing that's critically important. Really you know, focus on what it is that you want uh, because there's lots of different options and, and the military kind of provides us with structure uh, and that structure when you get out into the, you know, into the civilian world isn't necessarily there to the same degree. And that's something that I just think is important, you know, for us to be prepared for as well. Yeah, so I, I hit it uh, on numerous podcasts, and I'll hit it again because I believe it's a point of emphasis to willing to drive home. It's backwards planning, right? So so you and I are pilots, and, and we know the fact that, like, 
our most critical time is landing at the LZ, right? Like that, that is the, the critical right. time or, or even if you're a fighter pilot, it's, it's, it's put munitions on time on target, right? So it, it is, right. it is that actions on the objective that we have to backwards plan for in the, in the, this program, uh, the transition program is really planning you forward to take this skill and then figure out what you're good at and then build it on a resume. And, uh, and it's not figuring out your interest and figuring out the most important piece where 90 or percent of it's going to happen. And then, and then planning all your actions there and then using, you know, using your, your battle drill, so to speak, or putting goals in place to kind of get you, get you where you need to go. So absolutely. I can agree with you a hundred percent more on that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things too, and if I, when I look at this, Ryan, when I look at it kind of as a, uh, as a you know multi-layered plan for when you get out, first figuring out what it is that you want to do, um, and then once you've identified that, you know, really doing the research necessary to 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 land the particular career that you want, right? So if you decide, hey, you know, I've always really wanted to work in logistics chain management, maybe I'm, I'm a logistics uh, in a soldier or a Marine or service member of some kind. And I, I've essentially said, you know, I really would love my skills. I really love what I do in the military and I'd like to transition these skills to a civilian job. Well, what particular job is it that you want, right? You may know what, what field that you want to go into, but then you've got to do the research and find out, Hey, where do I want to live? You know, what's most convenient for my family and understanding all those details. And then you, figure out what that job is that you want with that business or with that company. And then you're prepared, you know, to really advocate for yourself. Uh, because again, that's not something that we as service members or veterans are really used to doing, right? We, our pay, especially our pay was never something that we negotiated. We were part of a unit. We were part of a bigger, something bigger than ourselves and were, to a certain degree taught to be selfless, right? It was all about mission accomplishment, taking care of the, the service member on your right or left, uh, and, and taking care of the, of the unit. Really, it's, you know, doing everything you can for the best of the unit for mission accomplishment. And you, know, you advocating for yourself, um, while it is something that, that you still did in other ways, maybe in the military, doing it for your pay or your benefits wasn't on your radar ever. And so coming into the civilian workforce, you know, that's something that I do help a lot of veterans with is kind of coaching them through that process and saying, hey, you know, it's okay to tell a prospective employer that you think can be paid more, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that uh, because to a certain degree kind of expecting that. It's just a different mindset and, you know, helping veterans through that process so that they get that career that they want is one of the first big steps, I think, that's critical for their success. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, if if the, first of all they're offering you uh, the job and making you an offer, then they like you, you know. So I've I've heard the thing like, well, I don't want to push right. them, you know, intimidate them or push them away from it. And it's like unless you're like you know asking for like twenty thousand dollars more than what they're offering you or something like you know spit in the face insulting, then then you're not going to insult them. It's all part of the game. It's all part of the process. But sure. um, before I go back into maybe some some of the, you know, I know you said you coach folks through that, maybe some of the tips or tricks that you want to cover. You know, I, I did want to sure. walk, walk it back from, like you said, what identifying what you want, what do I want? And, th and that goes back to the backwards planning. And to me, that that's where you start. You start on 
you know, and take the most time to, to like, and that's just flat. I mean, that's, you can go do personality tests. You can, you know, ask friends, you can write down your skills. I mean, I'll, I'll put my vlog channel in there, uh, in the show notes where you guys can take a look at some of the processes that I personally use. Um, but, th- but there's many techniques at the end of the day, it might just come down to like sitting in, sitting in front of a mirror and just, you know, being honest and truthful with yourself or having that conversation with your spouse who, who's seen you, on the happy days maybe and seeing you on the sad days or the disgruntled days or the angry days. And you can, you can start to highlight what makes you happy, uh, you know, through somebody else's eyes and then, and then find a way to go after that and make that, you know, make that part of your, part of your future in your life. And then you go through, you know, it's modern technology. You go through numerous methods of research, whether it's LinkedIn, company websites, you know, informational interviewing, networking, all that good stuff. I mean, there's, there's no, reason and shortage to stop and the great part about all this is it's just like you did you can do it while you're still in you could do it in service yeah. it's not costing yeah. you anything but a little bit of time so um absolutely i appreciate you sharing that so now if you can you know highlight some of the tips and tricks that allows um you know service members getting out for that first new career to advocate for themselves so like you said one of the things that's important is you know, knowing what it is that you want. And once you've found the job, once you've used all those resources and you're actually advocating for yourself, uh, one of the things that I think is really important is doing the research first, really, so that, A, you have other options, right? You never want to go into a potential job interview saying, I have to get this job. Uh, because if you do, then you're really not going to have much negotiating leverage. Uh, the, the, so what I would really recommend is that, you know, if you're on that, that search for your, your next career uh, and you're, you're looking at working for an organization or working for someone else, right, you're not going to necessarily go be an entrepreneur. You want to actually land a job with someone. Uh, then I would recommend that you try to find a few options, you know, have a plan B uh, and even a plan C uh, so that you don't feel beholden to this perspective of the employer. Because I think going in, knowing that, and knowing that you have other uh, options is going to build your self-confidence and your willingness to negotiate and your willingness to push them a little bit. I think that's probably the, the most important principle of any that I could leave someone with, and that is the willingness to walk away from a negotiation. It doesn't mean that you want to walk away. It, it doesn't even mean that that's something that's, that you're desiring to do. It just means that it's an option for you, Right. If you will do that, that is really going to set the stage for your success. Um, the second thing why I would recommend doing a little bit of research on other jobs or what your peers are paid is because that then is going to give you an idea of what your request should be for. Uh, and when you go into a job negotiation, what you want to do is you always generally want to know what that number is and you want to add a little bit to it right? because you want your ask to be what I like to call your maximum plausible position, right? You want to ask for more than you think you can get. And the reason why is because, you know, A, you may just get it. Uh, and then B, it gives you some negotiating space. Uh, but you don't want to ask them for something that's so outrageous that it's just totally unrealistic, right? So you want to do some research, but you want to add to that a little bit. You want to, what I call, advocate for your maximum plausible position, right? So if, if, if something, if a job that you're trying to get is, say, you know, $60,000 a year, 
and you know that's what most of your peers in that in that part of the market are paid for that job. You know, you may you may ask for a little bit more. Ask for say seventy or seventy five, and and then have a reason why. Say, hey, you know, I'm I'm coming out of the military and I have a lot of experience in this particular field. I'm bringing but a lot of those that you're others that you're looking at don't necessarily have, and I really feel like I can bring value to you in that way. Um, so that's kind of some of the first couple of uh, tips that I would give to someone going into it. You know, do that research so that you know what you're worth and that you're willing to ask for a little bit more than you think you can get, and maybe even a lot more. It all depends on the scenario. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, so a few things I wanted to cover there, right? Where, and I'll I'll bring it back to, yeah, I bring it a lot back to social media, LinkedIn. Part of the reason is because you know, I'm kind of out here in the middle of nowhere, so I do a lot of my networking on LinkedIn. But, <laughs> but, but people, people, they they get the job, right? Like you could see, they push hard LinkedIn network. Hey, I want to connect with this person, that person, get to know you. You know, find moving going through this career transition, they get the job and then they stop. And in right. that, in, in, and it stops, it stops their growth in their network. Um, in this, in the root cause of the second order effect of that is, is it stops that, that leverage, right? So you never know, you never know when another opportunity is going to come up and this doesn't say you have to be actively, you know, seeking and, it, and it's, you know, the saying what the best time to look for a job is when you have a job. Well, there's truth to that. Right. By the time you realize like I need to change, you're probably already getting into that like stress mind frame and you're going to be willing to not negotiate and accept that first offer and not have other options uh, type thing. So in order to, in order to pull that on your bag, you just have to, you have to constantly kind of play, play through the game and you have to meter it out, you know, just whether it's, I mean, for me simply, it's like I, I make one post a day and I comment uh, uh, on, on, a couple hashtags that I follow on Monday and Friday and that's it. It just keeps my social media footprint out there. It keeps me kind of going and, and then, you know, building my network and seeing if other opportunities are out there. And, and it, for me, it came to the point where uh, I, I did have an opportunity and it wasn't a hundred percent, you know, as I look to grow my career and, and take the next step, it wasn't a hundred percent aligned with my goals. And although it was aligned with a few of my goals, I, I, I turned it down. Um, and it was the first time, yeah. you know, I guess in my career that I was willing to walk away from, from an offer because, you know, it was kind of a gut feeling and, and, uh, you know, a few, I guess a few outliers out there that just, just said, you know, this is not, this is not going to change, uh, the situation for what I'm, where I'm trying to drive this train, so to speak. So, um, yeah, you have to be able to stay in the game because when it, when it's too late, it's kind of, kind of too late. Yes, yes. And, and you know, I think you brought up a good point about the best time to look for a job is when you have a job, right? It's like the old adage for small businesses where they say banks only lend money to businesses that don't need it, right? It's, it's when you walk into it with a abundance mindset, when you already have a job and you go into that job interview, you know, you have an escape hatch. You don't need this. And, and that is communicated in all sorts of ways that you may not even be conscious of. Uh, and so you, when you go into it with an abundance mentality, when you have other options, that is probably the best piece of negotiating, you know, leverage that you can have. Uh, because if you have that, then all the techniques that you can use are going to help you. Um, 
So I, I just want to want to throw that out as well. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the other things, Ryan, I'll say is uh, uh, the, you know, the going into these negotiations. You know, we as military, I think sometimes we think, you know, hey, we got to come in, we got to really prove we're strong, and we know what we're doing. You know, we get the job done, and so there's also, I think, a tendency amongst us to be very hard-headed about things, and that's something else that I think is important about, you know, advocating for yourself, and that you don't want, when you advocate for yourself, especially in the civilian world, you definitely don't want, you know, an interview or a negotiation to get confrontational. Um, and by that, I'm not trying to say that you don't say what you actually think or speak your mind. You know, you always want to be honest, but you don't want to go into it thinking, you know, I'm going to get what I want. Um, you always have to kind of go into it thinking of it from the perspective of you want it to be a win-win. Now, you're willing to walk away if they aren't going to give you what you want, but you never want it to be something where it's like a you versus them. Because the natural tendency for someone in a conversation is if you're real pushy with them, they're going to want to resist you. Yeah, and even if they need you really badly. Uh, so you can do a lot of good for yourself by going into it, knowing where your red line is, but then also not necessarily being overly pushy about it uh, if there is any kind of a difference, right? You talk about your commonality before you talk about your differences. Yeah, and it, that, it uh, makes sense. No, and it does, and it, it goes back to right. Uh, just understand having financial acumen to begin with. You know, kind of understanding, understanding it, and that, that and that's maybe the perfect transition to um, you know us getting out of out of life as a, as a career in the military because, you know, we've had free insurance and we've been told just to put, you know, X amount of percentage of our paycheck into our TSP and then uh, kind of get taken right. care of. And, or if we're, you know, I know this show's focused more on retirees and you, then you're going to get a pension. And then it's like, Oh, I'm just going to get this guaranteed lump sum of money, you know, uh, every month. So you don't, we don't necessarily put a lot of that thought process and the planning to really understanding, you know, finances a little bit more. So uh, I, I think to go back to your point is right. Let's know the numbers uh, and, and have the data and be willing to back it up both for you and the business. And, and uh, it's just, it's going to show how much it's going to augment basically their interest in you. You know, they made the offer, but if you sit here and say, you know, I've, I've done some, you know, financial research potentially on the business and I know, uh, you know, whatever, jet, reducing inventory we've talked about it in our interviews right reducing inventory reducing uh cat you know uh increasing cash flow and you know reducing cash that's held up uh you know in, in cost and operations so so maybe you know maybe what's important to you is is not so much that income because you are a retiree maybe it's the benefits package or something so then you go okay i think right. you know maybe maybe here's how i can help you i i can I'm willing to accept that income, but I'm going to need to increase in coverage and in, in insurance, or I'm going to need, uh, you know, yeah. a sign-on bonus yeah. that comes out from a different lot of money. And it, and and then it and then it goes to right where it's helping both sides. It's that win-win uh, that you that you're saying. Yeah. And then it, and then it's you know augmenting the fact that hey we 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 made a smart decision trying to bring this guy this guy or this gal in because they, they are smart they're with it they understand it. So so yeah, let's you know they're going to manage their own this 
you know, our finances, so to speak, and their finances just in an interview. Imagine what they're going to do when they're actually working for us, you know, helping us affect the bottom right. line. So, so yeah, let's, let's, let's make them, let's, let's make them happy or her happy and, and get them signed on the dotted line, throw this at them. And then, and then let's get them in the, the four walls and, and let's get going at it. So it's, it's all, it's all part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. So, so all that being said, um, now that we've kind of dove into the financial side a little bit more, um, you know, what are some of the things that, that retirees need to kind of look out for outside of, you know, just, just negotiating that, um, you know, and advocating for yourself and negotiating that income? And there's some other, th- like, things that coming out of the military that, that we need to, maybe we're not full aware, fully aware of or that we need to focus on a little bit more? You know, if for those that are all that are still in, so for those that are active duty that, that you know, may listen to your podcast and that are still in the military um, and they're planning on getting out, one of the things that I, I tell them is if they, if they need some guidance when it comes to their finances, one of the best things they can do, I mean, obviously I can help them, but one of the, th- the things they can do is they can get free financial counseling through Military One Source. Uh, the reason that I bring that up is because, first, a lot of service members don't even know that. Uh, and then secondly, it can be a good opportunity for you to get kind of like a second opinion or a third opinion on where you stand with your personal finances before you transition. Uh, the reason I, I bring this up is because a lot of the transition seminars, they'll just touch on it, right? They might have a CFP come in and give you a class on, on, you know, investing or something like that, or they'll have a, a, you know, someone come in and talk to you about survivor benefit plan. But most of those in my experience, it just seems to be kind of maybe glorified sales pitches. And one of the things that I think is important is that in addition to that seminar or transition seminar stuff that you go through, go to military one source and just kind of get a second opinion to say, Hey, you know, where do I stand? You know, how does this look? And that will help you with the transition tremendously. Um, you know, for those that have already gotten out, so now we're just talking veterans, you're already out of the service. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I do is actually I do that same service for veterans, and, and I help them kind of get a handle on what is it unique about their situation uh, and what are things that they can take advantage of that a lot of their civilian counterparts don't have access to. Um, one of them is getting your, believe it or not, getting your disability rating increased. Uh, I know that's something, so obviously, as you know, Ryan, when you leave the service, you get a disability rating. And in some cases, you might get uh, payments from the VA uh, in response to that disability that you incurred as part of your service. Now, I I know that uh, during the transition process, uh, a lot of service members go see a VSO and are, are directed to do that, and that's really good, and they should definitely do that. However, what I've found is that a lot of veterans still have disability ratings that are pretty low. Uh, it's either that they said, hey, you know, something, you know, didn't feel right, but I didn't really want to make an issue of it. Um, they feel guilty about talking about some of this stuff. And, you know, there are ways for them to get that improved even once they've gotten out. And it isn't as difficult as uh, the VA would lead you to believe. So, you know, that's something that they can do. If they, they can contact 
um, some of these organizations, uh, they're, they're even private organizations that will help them increase their disability rating if that is something that, that they rate. Uh, so that's something that I think is really important a lot of veterans don't know about. Uh, the second thing I'll say is <clears throat> there are also uh, some resources available to veterans depending on where they live. Uh, and, and one example I'll give is, you know, here I live in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, the, the, the D.C. mayor's office has an office uh, specifically to support veterans. And when it comes to their personal finances, they provide some talks, some lectures. I've even participated in some of these in order to really give them guidance on, you know, what they should be doing with their money and how they should be positioning it, um, you know, these uncertain times to help them. Uh, because I know a lot of veterans, you know, especially those who may not necessarily have a job, uh, are, are looking for that kind of guidance. And, and your local area may have free counseling uh, to support you. So I would encourage you to contact, you know, hey, is there a, you know, where you live, is there a veteran's office or office of veterans affairs that, that can help me in that way? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, Pat. And a few things I wanted to cover was, was starting first with the, the, again, with the TAP and, and military one source. And yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm, I'll put military, but most of you should know what military one source is, but if not, it'll be in the show notes as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I was a, a commander and my um, wife was the FRG leader, you know, we had military one source come and give uh, uh, some briefs to the unit. Um, so, so that was nice to, to really show the wide range of, of what they offer. Um, but to go back to the tap point, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was funny because I, you know, was showing the jobs. I was, you know, part of the game was show what jobs you're interested in, what the salary is, and location that you're looking for. And then it was like, how are you going to afford to to put X amount of percentage, you know, into your retirement, you know, still? And I said, well, I'm I'm going to put this much of my Roth or whatever, and uh, you know, and I'm not I'm going to max out my 401k for this company match, and I'm not I'm not going to put anything out of my, I'm not going to have money to put into my Roth based upon my my current budget but i'm going to pull from my you know or, or that's where it ended and she's like well you're going to have to find out how to budget more or whatever was it was the answer you know in the quick right. little class and i was right. like well yeah i mean that's one of the answers i said but what you're not looking at is the fact that i have saving i have money that is in savings that's greater than my six months of savings so i can pull from that i've also inputted well over the percentage of the first 10 years of my career that, um, it, you know, that would be norm or that would be my comfortable retirement range. Um, so I have a few years to play with now that goes against compound interest, but, but you know, the point is, is there's, there's 10 different ways to skin a cat and they're trying to fit it all, you know, this one, you know, square hole and, and trying to take all those different shapes of, of stars and, and triangles and uh, circles, so to speak. And, and that's what leads me into, right, you know, the certified financial planner and, and what you have to offer um, to, to the uniqueness of the individual listening and knowing the individual. And that that's the that's the transition in and of itself. I mean, we hit it up on the beginning, but it's not like you know, you can't, we're all kind of robots, so to speak, in the military, and we're not all robots coming out on the other side. Like, there's there's right. 10 different, there's 11 different paths to get to, to get to one different, you know, one one solution, at, you know, at the 10 different ways. I mean, there's just a fine, infinite number of ways to, to you know, move your career, move your finances forward in, in the civilian world that we're just not a, 
aware of. And then, um, which which I'm going to ask you to cover here in a minute. But I have one more point on the on the disability rating because, uh, yeah, it was the same way. We're we're proud, and we're these individuals who don't. Um, uh, you know, necessarily want to want to, you know, kind of feel like we're putting a, giving a black eye to the service. You know, we were selfless and we don't want to turn around and right. punch him back on the way out. And uh, and now I'm fighting yep. that because I I, I had, um, you know, the ringing of the ears. And of course, as a pilot, you know, no, I never had any ringing of the ears. I didn't want to get grounded. I want to continue to fly right up to the day <laughs> right. I got out. Right. And then I turned yep. around and told the VA I'd ring into the ears, and they said, uh, no, you don't. You never said that you did. And I said, I've been a pilot for 10 years. My office has been on the flight line. I'm a helicopter's running up left and right. Like, you got to be kidding me. I have to go improve this and fight this with you? Um, so, so now I've created more work for myself as I'm in, a, I'm in a basically rebuttal stage of fighting the rejection that they said, um, you know, that I don't have that. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah. do – use those resources to your point, you know, go after the, the right people who are willing to go to bat for you. You know, don't, don't be shy, you know, be honest uh, when you start to get out and start your transition and, and uh, you know, it's going to make it a lot easier in the long run. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other thing too, is when we talked a little bit about advocating for yourself, there's lots of things, you know, and I'm speaking veteran specific, right? There's, there's other things too that, 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 that I could talk about, but I just want to talk about stuff that's uh, specifically veteran beneficial. Um, you know, a lot of the exchanges and commissaries on bases now are open even to non-retiree veterans, right? So if you've just gotten out after three or four years in service, uh, you now are going to, you're honorably discharged and you have some sort of disability rating, right? Which I'm, I'm hoping is, is probably the majority, like they get, they get something, even if it isn't, they're, they're not getting paid for it. They're at least registered as having, you know, some, something that, that, that they had with the military that uh, gives them a disability rating. They, they can get access to, you know, the exchanges, uh, to the commissaries, and they can get kind of the, you know, the reduced cost of things, which, you know, during these uncertain times, I think is good for people's budgets, especially if they're transitioning, they don't have a job yet. They can get, something that's, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, keep that grocery bill down, if you will. Um, the other thing, too, is, you know, there are a lot of banks that offer credit cards to service members and or, you know, veterans that, you know, they have fees and they offer these benefits, but the fees, the annual fees sometimes are waived, right? So if you go and apply, um, and here I'm just kind of talking off the top of my head. I know if you go and apply for, say, the Chase Sapphire card, it has a, you know, a few hundred dollar annual fee. But if you're active duty military uh, or if you're just getting out, you can apply for that and get that waived. And it, it provides you all sorts of other benefits. Um, you know, so you get additional points for travel. You get some travel vouchers. You know, if you're traveling and you're at the airport, not, not like you're that way uh, nowadays, but just in the future, you know, they'll let you stay in their airport lounge instead of having to go buy your subway sandwich for $15 at an airport. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of benefits that they have um, in personal finance and in travel that, that a lot of service members aren't necessarily, you know, familiar with. Um, and then the other thing too, is that the VA has um, programs for veterans that qualify that can help them with long-term care. You know, again, a lot of people, a lot of veterans don't know about this, but if they have 
you know, some long-term care issues, you know, I, I, I know that qualifying veterans and their spouses can get up to about $3,000 a month to help them cover those costs. Uh, so that's something that, you know, I always like to try to make sure they know about. Uh, and then, you know, there's also just asking for discounts. Again, going back to the whole, you know, just they mentioned, hey, I'm a, you guys offer, happen to offer a veteran discount because a lot of places do, uh, as you know, especially like on Veterans Day. But even not on Veterans Day, there's, there are a number of uh, businesses that offer veterans discounts just to show their support. And, you know, being willing to, to ask for that I think is, is good. Just there's no harm in asking, hey, do you offer a veterans discount? And you're going to hear, and even if they don't, sometimes they'll be like, no, we don't, you know, but you know what, I'll give you one anyway. Uh, it's, it's just really nice of them to do that. A lot, of, a lot of businesses support veterans, and I know it may not necessarily be the most comfortable thing to do, but it's something that you can do, especially if it's a big purchase. You can, you can always ask. Does that, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, so, so I guess what I summarize all that up is, right, is, is when it comes to your finances, there's really – you know, to break it down to simplicity of things, there's two there's two ways. There's offensive and defensive, right? So the offensive yes. is go go get a you know high income paying job or some you know supplemental income somewhere or some side gig or you know keep keep adding to your bottom line so to speak. And then there's there's the budgeting side of it or there's playing the defense of yep. where can I save money here? And it's not, you know literally like I I go around and I you know maybe not the coffee pot because I make a make a pot a day but uh, i go around my house and like we use a toaster once in a while and like when i my wife leaves a plug in i walk over and i unplug it behind her you know like you know it's, it's sure. down to that level is goofy uh, but i use that to emphasize you know all the things you mentioned like the fact of just ask for discounts know your resources get the commissary started that started uh in the new year and then the national parks, you know, they, they're free for veterans yeah. too yep. now, not just active duty. So, uh, you know, that as well. And then, and then when it comes to trying to turn that defense and offense, I mean, I've just been brought to light a few things, um, a few interests of mine, uh, you know, through this podcast, I've been getting more interested in tech. Well, there's a organization out there called Breakline. Uh, you have to submit an application for, but they basically do networking and online classes uh, on how to break into the tech industry. And then uh, Salesforce through through Vetforce uh, does free training uh, to turn around and get your, which is like, I think that the civilian training is like $4,000 or 4,500 bucks or whatever. Right. And then, and then $200 for the test while you, you get this free training and then you have to just pay the $200 to take the test. So, um, you know, there's, there's opportunities abound. Uh, vet tech out there is outgrowing to help uh, individuals who want to break into the tech industry. Um, you know, and then, of course, there's there's the DOD sponsored programs like O2O and uh, SkillsBridge and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, take advantage of, of all those resources to play the defense because I'm here to say uh, that – Defense to me is much more important now that I sit on this side of the fence, you know, the whole different tax bracket and, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a whole new world out here. And I went from that offensive mindset and part, part of it is because of where I am in my life. You know, I can't pick up and move and be mobile. I have a, I have a family. I'm trying to get the best education for my kids. So, uh, you know, I start to minimize some of those offensive capabilities. So that, so to me, the best way to do it is, is tackle some of these defensive options. Definitely. Yep, I think it's great, and and even you know, throwing in with uh, what you call defensive, you know what you're what you're doing, you know, to save money can help you 
be more effective in your offensive side. You know, and, and in that sense, I'm thinking, you know, planning for your financial future. Uh, by that, you know, not just – I know we like to use the term retirement, you know, but uh, that always had the connotation of being, you know, when you're like 80 years old or 90 years old, you know, you, you, you've gone most of your life and, and now you actually get to see the fruits of your labor. Um, whereas I, I'm thinking, hey, you know, you want to you try to get to a place of financial independence, a place of, you know, not having to work anymore as soon as possible, you know, and, uh, and one of those things is if you have that good defense, if you're able to find savings uh, in ways that are unique to veterans, then you can save more. Um, right. And, and especially if you're, you're any savings you find is immediately going into saving and investing instead of spending, uh, that's going to get you to, to a place of security a lot faster. Uh, and, and, you know, that too, I think is important. You know, when we were in the military, we had the whole thought process of, hey, I want to contribute to the TSP. You know, as a veteran, you don't have that option anymore. Uh, but you do, if you're working for someone, have that option of contributing to a 401k plan or a 403b. Um, and that, I think, is something that's very important in the sense of, uh, you know, when you're contributing to your retirement plan, hey, are you getting a match? And if you are, try to capture as much of that as possible. Uh, you know, that's another, I don't want to call that financial defense, really, because it's, it's being more proactive, but it's kind of more getting that money that's being offered to you. Because, uh, you know, getting a match is free money. And trying to capture as much of that as possible, I think, is important, even, even to the point of doing that before uh, paying off some kinds of debt. Right? Not all debt, but some kinds. And... Uh, and, you know, and ha- not only that, but also having that advantage of uh, a tax-deferred or tax-free growth, depending on what kind of a 401K or an IRA that you're invested in. Um, so I think that's really important, too, is keeping that in mind. Hey, I'm saving, but I'm, I'm saving for what reason? And, and what is the purpose of this? You know, it's like too often – with our financial goals, we say, Hey, you know, I got to get out of debt or I got to save that certain amount of money. And it's like the actual goal itself isn't very tangible for someone They have to. And so therefore it's easier for them to kind of fall off track. Like once you really say, Hey, I really want to get to a place at the age of, you know, whatever, 45 or 50, I don't have to work anymore. Uh, or I really want to go take my family on that vacation you know, to Disneyland, you know, once you get that tangible goal out there, it helps motivate you to stay the course. And I think that's probably one of the most important things when it comes to personal finances, you know, really it's the behavior um, and getting yourself, keeping yourself accountable. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense or not. But yeah. Yeah. No, found. no. And so I wanted to highlight, uh, you know, probably a book, many folks have heard of, but, uh, the millionaire next door, right. Um, it's kind of that, that that's the defensive side of thinking. And if somebody hasn't, hasn't gone out there and read, um, hasn't read that, then please go out, take the time to read it. it I'll be honest. I mean, th- these are graduates from, from my mo- alma mater. And I skipped and skimmed through a lot of, a lot of the book because it becomes kind of reiterative of the same point, but, but there's a lot of value to, to at least power reading through that, through that book. Um, so, so please go out there and do that. It'll be in the show notes. And then uh, to, to your point, right? So we've, you know, planning your career transition uh, to, 
to, to launch towards that next career? Well, you know, honestly, I think it goes hand in hand with planning your kind of your life plan, you know, and it, I know it sounds intimidating and it, and it is to some extent. Right. But, you know, I, you know, for me, I sat down with my wife. I'm like, we just started talking about it. I'm like, what do you what do we want in life? Like, what are what are our goals? What do we value? Um, you know, where do we want to retire? What does it look like? Close your eyes. Just tell me, you know, tell me what you envision. And we just started going through the, the, having that conversation and that opened a lot to us because we realized like, you know, there was this pressure for us to, you know, save, you know, for this or retire, you know, to have X amount of dollars to retire for that. And we, and then we turned around and realized like, you know, like, Hey, yes, we, we do need to focus on that. We have goals to, to budget a little bit better and bolt goals to um, you know, save more for retirement. But at the end, the end state, like what we valued was, you know, a lot to do with like family time and having more children. And, and we, we realized like, Hey, we're willing to sacrifice some of the financial situation here. And, and um, in order to, in order to, uh, you know, have, I guess what we value as a, as a better life. And I, you know, to me, a great example, people will call me crazy, like groceries outside of my mortgage, Groceries are my second most expensive, and they're near, nearly a quarter of yeah, my, yeah. my my income a month. A quarter, and that's for that's for two adults and a two year old. Uh, and people look at me like <laughs> right. I'm like I'm nuts. And, uh, and, right. and but you know we eat organic and we cook everything. Don't use a microwave. Like and it's just it's who we are and it's what we valued. And as we sat down and started trimming the budget, um, we. You know, we had a goal and we constantly, we looked at the data and we constantly missed that goal, missed that goal, missed that goal. And we said, guess what? We're obviously missing that goal, but we're obviously missing it for a reason because, you know, not eating the, the ramen noodle is important to us. So let's just, let's up the budget on this, on this bracket and find out where we're willing to sacrifice other places, you know, because that is our, that is one of our goals is to keep our, our long lasting life, keep ourselves happy, keep our kids happy and healthy. So um, this, I love what you're talking about because you know here we are talking to a, a financial expert, and it's not necessarily about money per se. I mean, it all kind of in in and out flows around cash, but at the same time, like you can go through as long as you put that plan together, you can go through ebbs and flows and 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 ramp it up and saddle back and and you know take time spend time with your family and then once they retire maybe you do go out and work two jobs and if that's part of your plan then you know or you work full-time job and a side gig and that's part of your plan then 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 that's fine nothing that's, that's to say that's right or wrong versus somebody who's doing the opposite right yep i totally agree with that exactly yeah it, it's interesting because it's like once you once you really get the, the goal in mind it, it, it's, it's things just start to happen Right. Once you really get hungry for that, you start to find money where you didn't realize it existed before. And, you you know, your mind just kind of, you know, I, I remember hearing the, the adage that if you ask your mind the right questions, you're going to get some really great answers. Right. Because your mind is the most powerful computer in the world. Um, if you ask the right questions, it will, it will start to develop answers for you, even when you're not actively thinking about, you know, the challenges you face. But, yeah. Uh, I would de I would definitely say, uh, um, you know, get, getting getting a jump on this, especially if you're already in the military, and and getting an idea of what you want to do, and doing that, trying to do that transition before you get out is good. And then for those that are already out, uh, looking at some of the resources that are available, 
um, you know, to help you on your goal to, you know, either, you know, financial independence, retirement, or whatever that goal is for yourself. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, I like the part where like for me personally, it started with, uh, you know, I just, I bought, you know, started buying my own stocks and whatnot. And then, you know, as I learned a little bit, I said, okay, well, here's how I got it. Here's what the, here's what this, you know, Forbes magazine or whatever Inc says, I need to diversify my portfolio. So then I went and did that. And then I went and did what, uh, what Kiplinger said. And then, and then as, as it's, you know, at, at the beginning, it was, you know, really small amounts here and there. And it wasn't, wasn't a large effect, but as I started to grow this thing, I'm like, Oh, well, this is getting outside of my scope. I can, I can, what, what can I do now? So I built my spreadsheet and then I, I just, you know, I started growing with it and then I'm like, okay, well I need to diversify in an international or, you know, I don't have enough emerging markets or my long-term bonds. Sure. What is a long-term bond? And then I, you know, Google some, you know, search there and it, it's just amazing right. w- where, where you start, you know, setting those goals and then you start, you know, just, trying it on for size and, and then again it goes back to what we started is it interest of you yes then then you roll with it if it's not an interest to you there's probably somebody you know i know here we're talking financial but in any any situation you know there's somebody like yourself out there who's willing to take that weight off of somebody's shoulder and go who's saying i'm not that good or i'm not that interested in this um well then you outsource here i am to help you um, so you can focus on what you are interested in to meet those goals that you have established yourself for yourself and your family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and what you, what you said hit the nail on the head, uh, Ryan, cause it's like, you know, you want to focus on your strengths. Um, you know, what, what you have interest in, uh, you don't, you don't want to be spending lots of time shoring up your weaknesses cause then you're going to kind of fritter away your energy. Um, and if you really focus on your strengths and then, you know, get others in areas that you're not necessarily the most interested in to help you. Um, that's going to get you the furthest along uh, in success because it's also going to be the area you're interested in too. Yeah. And that, like, you know, the wrong example, the, the dumb it down even more. I'm fixing up my house right now. I know nothing about fixing up my house. I know what my, my strengths and weaknesses are when it comes to, you know, using tools and, and, and where I I can gain more knowledge and guess what I didn't uh, we replaced the light fixtures on the outside of our house I called an electrician not something I felt comfortable with didn't want to do it but when it comes to you know painting the cabinets I'm comfortable taking the cabinets off the wall and painting them uh, a different color I know I can paint uh, I know it's going to take a little bit time but I'm gonna, I've looked at it financially looked at it for my skill set and said okay this is something I'm willing to tackle versus uh, yeah, I'm not going around and playing with electrical. That's just not me. Um, you know, and, and it's right. that, it's that thing for, you know, it's that way for, for all of these aspects in life. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Pat, I want to give you, you know, in the closing here, I'd like to give everybody uh, open mic time. So I know we, we walked through, you know, advocating for yourself, what, what you're worth. And then we talked veterans specifically, you know, about that transition and then, and then some of the uniqueness when it comes to finances uh, for veterans. Uh, you know, what, what would you like, uh, closing remarks, uh, words of advice, how to get a hold of you, you know, just uh, I guess the floor is yours. Sure. Um, thanks, Ryan. Uh, first, let me just say that uh, I wanted to, you know, offer uh, kind of as a thank you to your, to your audience and your listeners. Um, there's a, a short 
PDF that I have that's uh, called The First Eight Steps to Military and Veteran Financial Freedom. Uh, and, you know, I want to offer them a free copy of that. Um, just if there's, you know, there, there may be kind of thinking, hey, what are my next steps? What do I need to do? This might help kind of point them in that direction or in the direction that they want to go. So uh, they will be able to get a copy of that uh, if they get in touch with me. And they can find me on my website is uh, patrickweinert.com. Um, so uh, Patrick Weinert, my last name is spelled W-E-I-N-E-R-T, just one word, patrickweinert.com. Uh, and I also send out a regular uh, weekly newsletter just to keep people updated on what's going on um, in the, you know, the world of personal finance, uh, specifically helping military and veterans, uh, but the broader world of personal finance to kind of keep them updated. Uh, and if they, they want to get a hold of me, um, they can reach me through my website uh, or they can send me a, an email directly. Uh, and I just, I just love to hear, you know, what their challenges are and uh, ways I might be able to help them. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Pat. I'll have the uh, the your LinkedIn profile and your website in the show notes, so so people can get a hold of that PDF and then uh, get a hold of you. And uh, you know, I just want to say thank you. I mean, this is a great conversation from from you know the the without being overly uh, just like kind of we talked about negotiating term we don't want to be overly pressure pressuring and, and, and intimidating because it's not it's but it but it is life you know and, and there are intertwines between this career and next stage of life and 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 you know the financial side of house but it doesn't have to be intimidating you just have to be willing to listen uh communicate talk and um you know basically acknowledge your strengths and your weaknesses and and know what levers to pull and and what levers to to you know outsource so to speak to, to other people so uh, hopefully this uh um episode is really going to help folks out when it comes to just allowing them to take a step back and uh, I know I wish I had it you know I like I said I I guess I was lucky in the sense where I I did what I was told to do um, but there was no real plan behind it uh, you know financially and both in my career transition it was moving forward one step at a time on both of them um, so so I, I guess I'm more fortunate to somebody who who took no action but at the same time I certainly didn't didn't look at the big picture, set goals and backwards plan, um, and, and look at how all this intertwines. So I think this, this episode lays all that out and is of value to, to listeners out there. That's great to hear. Yeah. I really appreciate Ryan, you having me, you know, on your show and talking to your audience. It's a real honor to be able to, uh, to talk with you about this. And, and, uh, I hope that a lot of them get value from our conversation. Absolutely. I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks a lot, Pat. My pleasure. Really appreciate Pat joining us today. Uh, it was a great discussion uh, when it comes to both the career transition and, and the financial transition. So um, you can see how they intertwine in that one plays off of the other, but at the end of the day, you really can't define what you want financially without a plan and you can't define what your career or your end state or your retirement, so to speak, or your financial independence is going to be without knowing your financial situation and, and, and how to uh, what you need to get to that point in time. So uh, it's, this is a great discussion that drives and coincides with some of the other episodes I've done 
uh, when it comes to podcasts, uh, recordings, and, and really the military transition as a whole. So thank you very much, Pat, for taking time to to share that with us. And hopefully the listeners, you guys out there, got something that's going to improve your foxhole and make it just that much better. <laughs>